Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsh here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how a Marine created multifamily cash flow while deployed overseas. My guest in this episode is Matt DeBoth. Matt joined the U.S. Marine Corps after high school and served for eight years as a forced recon Marine in Iraq and Afghanistan. Matt got out of the service in 2011, and right before he got out, he managed to get a 20-unit apartment building under contract while deployed in Afghanistan. He started off house hacking, living in one of the units in his building, and then he went into full swing flipping properties and buying rental properties to hold. Currently, Matt owns over 82 units, and he's in the process of closing on another 30 units. We have a lot of listeners in the armed services overseas, and Matt's story is quite incredible and extremely inspirational and should really be a wake-up call to anyone that you can start your investing journey, regardless of where you find yourself today. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. If you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly live events and information on how to join us at our next live event, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on the show and looking forward to, to sharing your story. Um, I figured a great place for us to start, Matt, is uh, if you could share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners. Absolutely. Um, so I graduated high school. I, I barely graduated high school. Uh, got out and realized I didn't have much going for me, so I joined the Marine Corps. I was a uh, force reconnaissance Marine. I was in for eight years, uh, deployed to Iraq, deployed to Afghanistan. Uh, right before I was getting out, I I realized I didn't have anything I, I really was passionate about, really that I wanted to do. I knew that I didn't want to go back to college. I knew I didn't want to go work in a cubicle in a nine-to-five job for 40 years. So... I seen somebody reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I thought to myself, well, I got nothing else to do. I'm in Iraq. I'm just going to read this book. And just like probably the millions and millions of other people that have read that book, I mean, it changed my life. It changed the way I looked at money, the way I thought about my own life personally, my career financially. Uh, 
I was hooked. After that book, I mean, I was absolutely hooked. I read every single book I could get my hands on as far as real estate investing, stock market investing, tax laws, corporations, everything that had to do with money and investing. I, I had to get my hands on it. Now, being deployed, you've only got the internet a few times a month and it barely works. So with every minute I had of available internet time, I was on Amazon or I was shooting an email to my friends and family saying, hey, you know, this is a list of books I want. Don't send me anything else. This is all I want is these books. Uh, I, I didn't really know much about forums or blog posts. Even if I did, I wouldn't be able to even, even read them with the slow internet they got overseas. So I, uh, I just kept reading. I get home from a deployment and I'd, I'd do everything I could. I was just, I was just reading and, and learning. Um, my last deployment to Afghanistan, I, uh, I hit it pretty hard. I knew I was getting out in about, about seven to eight months. So I got on realtor.com and some local real estate pages. And I thought, well, it's time for me to actually implement this and bust some numbers out. So I was contacting brokers, getting numbers for properties, just couldn't find anything that, that fit my needs. I, want, I knew I wanted a multifamily property. I just didn't know how big. So after a few weeks, I, uh, I kind of gave up and thought, you know, I'm going to go find something that's out of my price range just to see if I can make it work. I ended up finding a 20-unit apartment complex that was listed for $700,000. Um, now, this was in the beginning of 2011, so it was still kind of at the bottom of the market. I emailed the realtor. I said, hey, can I get some numbers? I'm interested in the property. She emailed them to me. Uh, I printed them out. I went back to my hooch and I just sat there and just wrote them down in a notepad, trying to just bust all these numbers out. I thought, well, this works out pretty well, but I can't afford $700,000. So I, uh, I emailed the realtor back and said, thank you, but I don't think I can afford this. I figured that was the end of the conversation. Well, lo and behold, about three or four days later, she emailed me back and said, hey, the seller would be interested in talking to you about owner financing if that's something you'd be interested in. I said, hey, that's great. Uh, here's my info. Let, let's talk. Uh, he emailed me. Me and the seller emailed back and forth uh, for a while. I'd say a month or so. He was an older gentleman, and he was in his early 70s. And uh, he was, ironically, he was stationed, or he was living about 45 minutes away from where I was stationed, which was Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. But he had this property back home in Iowa. And he was wanting to get rid of it, wanting to retire. He said, with one of his emails, he wanted to mail me all this paperwork, copies of the leases and all the paperwork he had. And I said, I can't do it. I'm in Afghanistan. I'm, you know, I'll be home shortly. So we put it on pause for a little bit, get back home. He uh, ended up saying, hey, this is what I want, want, want for contract terms. I said, all right, this is perfect. You know, I can do this. He said, but the only thing is I want $50,000 down. And I thought, I don't have $50,000. That's a lot of money. So I ended up finding a way. I ended up taking a cash advance out on my credit card. I got a personal loan from uh, LendingClub.com. I scraped every dollar I could from my savings account, saved every dollar I could. And I ended up closing on the property and I lived in it. I basically house hacked a 20-unit apartment building for about a year. Um, I was doing, it was ridiculous terms. I think I was paying 12% interest to him 
And I think the first six payments were interest only. So he was getting his money out of me. But on the other hand, I was getting a getting an education. I was learning how to be a property manager. I was living on site. I was dealing with the midnight phone calls and people locking themselves out. So I, it's kind of like poker. I, I paid to play. I, I paid for my education as far as paying him interest and a down payment. But I had gotten so much from just implementing what I had learned and actually living on site that to me, it was still worth it, even though, you know, now I look at it and I, there's no way I would ever pay 12% interest unless it was just an absolute killer deal. But I didn't have a choice back then. So that, that's what I, that's what I saw was the big, biggest uh, revelation for me was, Hey, I'm moving into this place. The guy gave me a chance. Um, so I'm paying, I'm paying him what he wants for it. So there's so much to unpack there. First, you know, having your purple book moment. Uh, and it's also, Robert Kiyosaki is also a former Marine. Yep. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of nice. Um, and then, uh, so you, st- I mean, studied, just soaked up all the knowledge uh, while deployed overseas. And then you put the, the property under contract, basically, while, while overseas came back closed yep. on it. So if you're, if you're a listener out there and you're thinking you don't have time to do anything, or I like to get into real estate, but I just don't have the time. Um, this is a pretty good example of, uh, what you really can actually accomplish. So, um, and then of course, um, Matt, as you mentioned, there's, there's a learning curve, right? Um, no deal is perfect. No first deal is perfect, but the experience that you had, and especially property management, I mean, uh, Having uh, having been involved in that myself too, I mean that's a <laughs> you you could probably write a book yeah. in and of itself just from all the stories, uh, just yep. from the, the property management. Uh, listen, by the way, side note: if you ever want an, an interesting conversation, you're at uh, some barbecue or uh, some event, just just sit tight next to a property manager. Uh, you'll be entertained <laughs> for, for the remainder of the evening and ask them a, a couple of stories, right? Um, absolutely. So you, uh, you got that first one underway, obviously not, like I said, no, 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 not perfect financing and all that stuff, but this kind of plays out as you learn, you cut your teeth on it, you pay, uh, pay that, uh, you refinance the property and then talk, talk a little bit about, um, scaling after that, after the, the first one, a 20 unit building that you, that you put on a contract, what were some of the, the next steps that, uh, that you did? So what I did was I paid him for the, I think the contract I had to pay him was for three years and I had to pay him every payment for the first year and a half. Well, come about that year and a half mark. I thought, you know what? The market's hot, getting hot right now. I need to, I need to go to a bank. I need to get better financing so I can increase my cash flow on this. So I went to a small town bank. I talked to a lender and I said, Hey, I want to refinance this property. I'm I'm living in it. I want, I know everything about it. Here's the numbers. I think I probably overwhelmed her or scared her with the amount of paperwork that I had brought in. And I said, here's everything you need to know. Just let me know what you think about the deal. I went home that night and I, I did not think I was going to get it. And I think the next day she called me and she said, congratulations, we're going to, we'll refinance this for you. You know, obviously depending on title opinion and, and appraisal and all that. Well, the, uh, I got the appraisal done and I think I had owed about at the time, 550 or 560,000 on the property. And the appraisal came back at 900,000. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. I got all this equity. 
Well, what I did was she gave me a cash out refi. And I think I was at four and a half percent. So she gave me some cash and I went out and I bought a couple houses in cash. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, I, now what do I do? I don't have any more money. Well, I went to another bank in town, a credit union. I said, hey, I got these small houses paid off. What can I do with them? My lender said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to cross collateralize them. And this is the first time I had heard about this. I didn't know anything about it. I thought, like everyone else, you needed a down payment of 20, 25% or you needed cash to buy something. So we got the appraisal work done on them. I think one of the houses appraised for 50,000. They gave me an 80% LTV at uh, 40. And he said, you know, here, you can go out and buy $200,000 worth of stuff. And I thought, wow, this is great. I mean, I don't have to put any money down. So I just went out and bought door after door after door and buying houses for fix and flips and flips and holds. And it was, it was amazing. I, could, I couldn't believe it. Well, come about a year, year and a half later, I ended up taking my big 20 unit, bringing it over to the property manager or to the uh, credit union. And I said, what can you do with this? He said the same thing. Let's, let's appraise it. The market's getting hotter and hotter every day. We'll get these interest rates locked in. So it ended up appraising for 1.1 million. And I thought, man, this is awesome. Kept doing the same thing, buying houses. Well, I ended up finding a 17 unit apartment building and I paid 425 for that. I uh, got it under contract. I don't, I didn't even put any earnest money down. The guy just had faith in me that I was going to close. He had more faith in me than I think I had faith in myself at the time. Uh, I cross collateralized it with my 20 unit apartment building, still no money out of my own pocket. Uh, I just kept buying and buying stuff and selling it. And I was holding it on for rentals. I, c I couldn't believe how easy it was. And no, nobody was listening to me how, how to do this. I had friends and family that wanted to buy houses, but they didn't have money down. I said, well, you need to do it this way and start reading books. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of ways to buy houses, but they, they wouldn't listen to me. And I said, well, I'm doing it. I'm physically going to do a deal here in the next couple of days. Come with me. I uh, ended up refinancing that uh, 17 unit a few months later. And I bought, I used that in my other building. I bought a, I uh, just recently bought a 21 unit apartment complex up in Des Moines for 725 and it just came back as an appraisal and appraised at uh 1.35 so that's a, that was a big home run for me you're listening to matt deboth on the cash manager podcast we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors are you having a hard time finding great investment properties unfortunately the best deals are rarely found locally successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Matt both on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and I'm back to our interview.
Wow. So the, le, cross collateralizing, uh, leveraging it and, and growing, growing the portfolio. Um, very, very inspirational to see someone studying, you know, while, while deployed a, a, abroad, coming back and taking action and growing into this and uh, significantly scaling uh, the portfolio. Uh, what are what are uh, what are some of the next steps here? Um, are you looking to stay in that particular market? Are you looking at other markets? What what are some of the things that uh, that you're looking at and opportunities you're pursuing? Well, right now I'm I'm looking at other markets. I'm basically looking in the Midwest area. I mean, I think I'm probably in the same boat as everybody else. I'm I'm analyzing a hundred deals just to go physically look at three, and then maybe I'll put an offer in on one. Um, I mean, I would buy multifamily properties all day, every day if they made sense. But at the market we're at now, it doesn't make sense for me to buy these properties at a five cap, six cap that are barely cash flowing because well, the way I look at it is if I'm buying these properties and I'm getting, building so much value into them that I want to be able to have them to be put under stress. I want to be able to drop my rents if I need to, you know, 10%. I want to be able to put them under a stress test to see what happens if my vacancy is at 20%. So I've got, I bought a building for 500,000 and yeah, it appraised for a million, but I still only owe 500,000 on it. Well, if the market dips 20, 30, even 50% and that building is only worth 500,000, well, I still only owe 500,000 on it. And I know it can cash flow because I bought it at a 13 cap. I fixed it up and now it's at a 17, 18 cap. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to find the deals. I, I don't want to scratch an itch just to go buy something to say I bought something. I want to buy something that makes sense that I can add value to so that I can grow and I can keep this portfolio, you know, building more and more without having to bring in outside investors and syndication. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not against that, but right now I want to build as big as I can solo. And then eventually I'm looking to get into syndication or maybe partners. But as of right now, I want to expand and, I like the Midwest area. I don't like to travel too far to go look at deals, especially on the coast, just because the prices are so high. Cap rates are so low. Uh, there's a lot of competition out here. I like these secondary and tertiary markets just because there's, I mean, people need housing. It costs more to build than it does just to acquire anymore. So that's why I like these, these blue collar towns where you got good renters, they got good jobs. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, economical impact on these areas that would make me lose a property or, or not be able to cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you, you make a lot of good points of where we are right now in the economic cycle, market cycle, asset cycle, regardless of what terminology you want to call it. So it is a little bit overheated and it's good to stress, stress test a lot of these, these properties that you have. And also, um, it's not an it's not a time where you have to go out and buy something, right? It's like Warren Buffett says, <laughs> you know, doing nothing is also doing something, right? You, yep, you, you yep. sit tight and look look at the opportunities. Um, the biggest lessons that you've learned on this journey. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Some of the things that um, you you found out along the way, really, that you know was not found in books, right? Uh, kind of the street smarts uh, so far. I would say the biggest thing is do what you say you're going to do. If you say you're going to email a broker back, I mean, it's just a little thing. You say you're going to email them back the next day, do it. You say you're going to, you know, contact your banker and email them something, do it. Do what you're going to say. Don't be that guy that puts something under contract and then retreads it for two months because you're trying to nitpick that property. 
If I say I'm going to close something and I'm say I'm going to close it in 60 days, I'm going to close it in 60 days to the best of my ability. I'm not going to sit there and nitpick something and get the sellers all mad at me just because I want them to take an extra 50 to 100 grand off because I'm making them worry and sweat because they've, they've got to sell because it's a distressed property. If you're going to do something, you need to do it as far as that. Also, uh, on the property management side, if a tenant tells you, you know, hey, my sink's dripping, don't wait three days. I see, I see a lot of these guys are like, well, it's not a big deal. I'll get to it later. Well, you know, your sink's dripping. Now it's under the cabinet. Now it's ruining the cabinet. You know, your tenant's getting more upset. You want to make them happy. You want to fix things you want to, that you say you're going to fix. That's, that's the biggest problem I see anymore is people not, not following through what they say they're going to do. And there's not a lot of books out there that say, you know, if you're, don't, don't retread on a property or don't, don't try to drag this thing out, get it done quickly. Unless it's, you know, if it's a hot deal, there's probably 10, 15 other people behind you that are willing to either pay for the property in, in cash or maybe pay more for it. Just th that's my biggest take on it is just, just do what you're told or what you tell them to do. What were some of the, uh, uh, the, the first team players that you got? Um, and what, were, what are some of the key members right now that you would recommend for folks starting out or maybe they've got the first property under their belt and they're looking to scale? What, what would you uh, advise them uh, on uh, the, uh, the importance of, of team members and, and some of the team members to consider? I would say, number one, an attorney. I mean, you're going to need an attorney to – more than likely, you're going to need an attorney to close – um, have an attorney in your local area or the area you're investing in, write up your lease. I mean, it's a couple hundred bucks and you know, people, they want to download these free leases online. Well, rules change from where you go. So that, and that, that attorney is going to know what's going, whether you can charge for carpet cleaning or not charge, if it's wear and tear, have them write your lease up. Attorney is huge. I don't know how much money my attorney has probably saved me from writing up good leases or lead-based paint reports and stuff like that. Uh, especially advising you on closing stuff, and, and the more deals you get, the more tricky you can tricky you can get. Especially when you're getting into 1031 exchanges and and stuff like that. Uh, the next I'd say is an accountant. Uh, I've got an accountant that does my books and all my taxes, and they send me a quarterly report on everything. And I mean, you're going to pay for it, but it's going to be done correctly. You're going to see where every dime goes. You know, you're not going to get. Hopefully, you know you're not going to get uh, get screwed by them do your, I mean, do your reference check on them as well. You want to make sure that they've got their credentials and they've got references that recommend them. And then I'd say the third, depending on what kind of real estate investor you want to be, I'd say a property manager. If you can get a good property manager in there and they take care of the property and they love the property like you do, I mean, that's worth, worth its weight in gold. I mean, if they're, if they're willing to, to help you out and do everything that you'd willing, that you would be doing if you were living there, I mean, that, that's just, to me, it's the biggest biggest deal is having a great property manager, somebody that takes care of the property uh, just like it was their own. Some of the things that you've learned as a Marine that you're applying right now in your business and that you can take from there, what are some of the, the, the biggest things that you can point to? Uh, I would say probably the biggest thing is discipline. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got criteria that I look for in, in apartment buildings when I want to buy them. I'm not going to go out and buy something because, you know, it makes my ego look bigger or because it's got a flashy pool or something crazy like that. I stick to my metrics. That's what I want. I don't deviate off course. I stay on that course that I want because I know it's, it's working for me. That's what I want to do. Yes, the market's going to change and I might have to 
expand my parameters, but I'm not going to go, go or I'm not going to go off track too much just to, I guess, buy, buy a deal. So that's, that's my biggest thing is you want to stay disciplined to what, what your rules are and what you, what you're looking for. If you want to be a single family home and buyer, stick to your single family homes, buy a couple of small multifamily if you want, but don't go out and try to buy a strip mall just because the guy next door has a strip mall and you think it looks sexy. That's, that's stupid to me. I mean, I, I'm not going to get in the commercial space because I don't know enough about it. I'm not saying the guys doing it are, are wrong. I know a lot of guys that are in the commercial and they're just killing it. But for me, that's not something I, I know a lot about and I don't want to get into it right now. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean more into that just to make myself look better. Like, like some of the other investors. Gotcha. And of course the, the mission, right. Uh, and, and purpose that, that, that you take from the Marine Corps and you bring it into your, your business. Yeah, absolutely. I've, my, my biggest thing is my family. I want my family to take, be taken care of. I want to be financially independent. I don't want to miss T-ball games and practices and picking my kids up from school. So a lot of the stuff that I do, I mean, that, that's my end game is to be with my family, be financially independent, not have to worry about money. So when I'm buying property or I'm going to sell a property or do something, that's my ultimate goal is, you know, I'm building a portfolio that hopefully one day I'll either sell and, or maybe I'll pass down to my kids if they're interested in it. And that's, that's my biggest take on it is I want, I want, I want my family to be taken care of first. Absolutely. Uh, now, w- one of the habits that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying and you had mentioned how you studied while you were abroad. Um, what are some of the things that you're studying right now and, and what skill sets are you learning? Um, well, right now I'm starting to, I'm starting to read more into apartment syndication. I mean, I'm, I'm always reading. I'm a big, big reader. I just got done reading uh, Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. It was, that was an amazing book. Um, I, I heard a quote the other day and it stuck with me pretty well. It said, uh, education without implementation is just entertainment. And I thought that was a great quote because I know people who they, they, all they do is they read, they go to seminars, read, listen to podcasts, but they get home and they don't do anything about it. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy either. That's why I'm constantly listening to every podcast I can. I'm reading every book I can pick up, watching YouTube videos. I'm reading stuff on the internet about real estate investing and the markets and everything else. I think my, one of my biggest assets right now is driving. When I'm driving, I either have an audio book on or I have a podcast on and I'm listening to it, whether it is just a five minute drive to the store or if I'm driving a couple hours to go look at a property. That's what I'm doing is I'm turning my vehicle basically into a university. I'm learning everything I could with that radio on. Yeah, that's that's the power of it, right? With Audible and with all the podcasts, um, it's you can and what is a Blinkist as well as a, is another great app. Uh, you yeah. can turn any environment into university in a classroom, as you just mentioned. Uh, now, core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So, Matt, if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Uh, I, like, my first, like I said before, my first thing would be discipline. I want, I want my kids to be disciplined. I want them to do the right thing even when no one's watching. Uh, work ethic. I mean, th- I want my children to work. I don't want them just to think, hey, I'm going to get handed all this stuff when I hit a certain age. 
I want them to go plunge, you know, dirty plug toilets. I want them to knock plaster off a wall. I want them to be on the ground and see what the other guys are doing so that they know that it is realistic or it's unrealistic to think that someone could get a job done in one day when they know that it's going to take three or four because they've done it before. And I'd say uh, discipline, work ethic, and uh, be a good person. I mean, there's a lot of bad people in this world. Just be good, be charitable. I try to teach my kids now how to do a lot of charity work and not just giving money, but going to help people out, whether it's helping out their siblings or helping out grandparents, just be a good person anymore. It's not, it's not hard, but it seems to be something that people just don't do anymore. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, now how can my listeners learn more about you? How can they follow you? How can they reach out uh, to you and, and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Uh, I'm on Facebook a lot. I do a, I read a lot of blog posts on bigger pockets. That's probably one of my more favorite uh, real estate sites. And then uh, tripleholdings.com is our new website where we're building to uh, find multifamily and apartment buildings. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Uh, you have an unbelievable and inspirational story. Appreciate uh, you spending some time with us. I appreciate it. It was an honor. Gold is one of the few financial assets that is not someone else's liability and has been recognized as money and a store of value for over centuries and used by the wealthy as wealth insurance. In a world where all countries have only fiat currencies and have a combined debt of over $247 trillion, gold is the ultimate form of wealth insurance. You can buy your own physical gold and silver at cashflowninja.com forward slash gold silver. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash gold silver. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.